Okay, good morning. My name's Mel and I'm a biblical counsellor. And so just once a term, uh, Nate, our pastor, asks me to just share something that I do in the counselling space, either in the school. Um, I'm a counsellor at Mountains Christian College up in Blackheath. That got closed one day last week for snow. Unfortunately, it wasn't my day that I was up there. My day was uh, three degrees was the max up there. And uh, yes, I counsel little ones, and I'm sure the five-year-olds think I'm the kind lady at school that invites her, invites them to her office, and they draw me a picture for my wall, and then they go back to class. I'm not sure they think that anything else happens apart from that. And I have my own practice as well, and I lecture at a theological college in counselling. So um, I have my volunteer here with me. So if you've got your piece of paper, if you could just fold it in half, please. And make your folds really firm if you can. That just makes the last bit a bit easier. So you've got a piece of paper and you've folded it in half. And then if you could fold it in half again. Making your folds very firm. And then one more folding in half. And just make sure all your folds are very firm. Okay, and if you could open up your piece of paper, and it should have lots of folds on it. And you're going to lay it flat and make it look like a little bit of a tent. So, just like that. And if you could just show these people as well. So it looks like a tent now. You've got your fold facing the sky, and you've got some flaps sticking out. Does everyone have a tent? Okay, now with your tent, you've at, um, you've at the top here, you've got a fold that goes down to where your flaps start, okay? So you just very carefully have to rip along that fold that goes from the top down to the centre. So you're just ripping that much. So you don't really have a tent anymore. You'd get very cold and very wet. Okay. Now, this is why I need it, Simon, here. We'll get rid of our table. Okay, make it a tent again. Make it look like a tent. Okay, so you've got the, um, where you've folded, what you do is you pull them outwards and you should be able to make a little book. sideways and it should make a little book with four pages and if you don't have a book now there's a few extras up on the table there 
And if you don't want a book, that's fine too. It's just a fun way to write down your notes for today. So, <coughs> thank you. Thanks, Simon. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm speaking from Romans 12, 1 and 2 today, and um, when I have clients either in the, from the school or just from my own private practice that come, often they're coming because they've got some sticky thoughts. So that might be presenting in terms of anxiety or panic attacks or just uh, non-stop tapes going round and round in their head. And it is such a joy to be able to open the Bible and help them see God's truth in the midst of their struggle. And Romans 12 starts with therefore. So just before that, they've been talking about how good God is and how he has just um, lavished us with so many um, gifts and so much mercy and so much goodness and kindness. <coughs> and then Romans 12 goes on to say, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. And do not be fashioned according to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And that gives us so much hope, doesn't it? It says be transformed, which means we can be transformed. There is hope and we can be Transformed. Now I have my very um, very technical PowerPoint here um, as well, because we're outdoors as well. And on your first page, if you just want to write Romans 12, verse 2, just to remind us, uh, where do we go with our sticky thoughts? We go to Romans 12. There is hope. And on your next page, draw a light. Um, you might draw a light bulb or you might be as artistic as me and so you just draw a sun. And this is really important um, in the first step. And so I'll give you an example of one of my own uh, personal uh, sticky thoughts that I have. So I'll wake up in the morning and I will say to myself, um, I really, really, really need to have a Pepsi Max for breakfast this morning. And that is the thought that I'm bringing to the light. And there's something about saying things out loud, bringing them to the light. Sorry, I'm trying to be loud enough, but it's still really um, loud for me. <laughs> um, just, just, say, just state the truth of what it is that you're, you're dealing with. And so I wake up and I think, yep, yeah, I'm having my shower, I'm rushing out the door, left three minutes to go, and it's like, yep, don't have time to make a proper breakfast, I'll just grab a Pepsi Max. So I'm bringing the truth, I'm just, just bringing to the light what my thought is. On your second page, just draw a great big cross. And in that, in that moment, the next step is to say what the lie is in that. And so when I wake up and say, I really, really, really need a diet, uh, Pepsi Max, for breakfast, the lie is that I don't really, really, really need a Pepsi Max for breakfast. 
um, the emotion might be saying that I do, but the fact is that's probably really not a good choice for my breakfast in terms of nutrition. And on your next page, you draw a big tick because then you can say the truth. And the truth is that even though I really, really, really feel like a Pepsi Max for breakfast, the truth is I get to choose. I can say, yeah, I really, really feel like one, but I can actually choose to have an apple juice and a piece of toast on my way out to work. And what happens is, because I've brought it to the light, because I've stated the lie, I've stated the truth, then I can ask God to help me, and then I can truly not have Pepsi Max for breakfast every morning, except Saturdays, because that's fun day. So I've just got three real-life examples, and I'll try and remember to change the people's names, not that you'll ever meet them or know who they are. So I had this young girl come to me. Um, she was recommended from a pastor from another church uh, with severe anxiety, so a young lady in her 20s. And uh, it happened, started happening about three years ago, so she's um, had this for a while. And she came from the country to the city, um, was living in um, residential accommodation for her university, and she was in this group and uh, two of the young men in that group uh, did something that was um, incredibly inappropriate and uh, it went to court and so she had to go to court and it was um, incredibly stressful for her and um, yeah I think both or one of the young men ended up um, in jail for a time because of the inappropriate thing that he had done. Sorry, just conscious of little ears. <laughs> And um, yeah, so she was having um, massive panic attacks. And so we just talked through those four steps. You know, what, what's the root of um, your anxiety here? What are, you, um, what are you fearful of? And we just unpacked a couple of little things that she was dealing and we just talked about those, those steps. And um, she was on a monthly schedule. She's a student. I said, look, you know, just practice this for a few weeks and we'll come back in a month. You know, it's gonna take a while, but we'll just see how you go. Anyway, she came back the next month and she said, Mel, it works. I'm like, are you so serious? <laughs> and she goes, yeah. It's like I start to think something and I state it out loud and then I state the lie, I state the truth and I choose to think about something else. And this was a girl who was crippled by panic attacks and God's spirit changed her heart because she stated, brought the lie to the truth and held on to the truth. And she's been transformed. And it was just, um, I was in tears, she was in tears. It was just the most beautiful um, transformation into such a, such a short space of time. And yeah, she's getting married in a couple of months out in the country and yeah, really looking forward to that. And um, yeah, making good inroads in that. <coughs> the second girl, uh, this is a year seven girl and she stops into my office and flops down on the couch and she hands me this piece of you know, sort of throws this piece of paper at me and says, I'm a behaviour plan level two. Can you believe this? And I said, oh, what's that for? And she goes, oh, you know, well, stuff happens in class and, you know, I, I, I can't help it. I just have to, you know, make a, make a joke and make everyone laugh or I have to, you know, tell the teacher off. I just have to. You don't understand. I just have to do that when these things happen. I said, oh, okay, okay. And we're chatting away and I said, oh, do you get any pocket money? 
And she says, yeah, I get about $10 a week for um, herding the cows out in the farm or doing the dishes. I said, oh, and how much do you get? She goes, yeah, $10. I said, wow. And I said, oh, you know, in the classroom, you know, what if a teacher said, you know, could you, um, you know, sit over there? Um, rather than respond in, in the way that you normally do, if I gave you $100, do you think you could just, you know, move seats quietly? She goes, oh, yeah. Like, you know, $100 for a year seven girl who's only getting $10 a week was a lot of money. And it was very interesting. And I said, so do you think you can choose your responses? And she goes, oh, yeah, I could. Now, who knows? You know, I might go back this Tuesday and she might be on level three for her behaviour plan. But it was just very interesting to see how even um, a little year seven girl could see... The, the truth that she is choosing her emotions. She, she has the emotion, but she can choose to act against those in that moment. And for her, $100 was enough for her to see the truth of that. And that was just such a delight, such a delightful um, session with her. And the third one is uh, there's uh, one of my friend's husbands was struggling with looking at inappropriate things on the internet and um, I'd been lots to lots of different people and read lots of different books and um, we're having this discussion about it and I said to her, you know, it is a choice. That's the first lie of, of um, a, a setting sin that we all have and that we all struggle with. The first truth or the first lie, the first lie is um, that you can't help it. And I just said to her, you know, um, some people respond to rewards, some people respond to penalties. And so maybe chat with your husband about, you know, if he didn't switch on to those particular parts of the internet and he got paid $1,000 every time he, he didn't do that, would that motivate him? Or conversely, if every time he, he switched on, he had to pay a fine of $1,000, would that motivate him? And the issue is not the money. The issue is helping them see that it's a choice. And by God's kindness, this man who has struggled with this for years was able to say, it's not a struggle, it's actually a choice. I'm choosing to watch these things or to do these things. And he's been, um, yeah, walking a different path now for about three years. And he has another man that they meet um, every Thursday at five o'clock without fail. And they're encouraging each other to walk the truth. And so I love... I love being a biblical counsellor. I love being able to open God's word. And the world has bits of wisdom. The world has bits of wisdom. Um, if you go to a psychologist or a counsellor, they would call it CBT, kind of cognitive behaviour therapy. But uh, God's wisdom is bigger and better than that. And it's the same thing. Um, you know, I could talk to you about neuroplasticity and how it changes the brain and, and all of those sorts of things. But God's word had it first didn't it? We can be transformed by the way we think. And when we bring things to the light, whether we say it out loud, whether we truly say to somebody, can you keep me accountable for this? That's the first step. And then it's choosing the truth. And it's not easy. It's not easy to change. But you can change and you can have Pepsi Max just one day a week for breakfast. Any comments or questions?
think sometimes it's actually just as hard to name the truth as it is the lie. And I think part of, part of bringing our mess to the cross is giving space to remind us what the truth is. Because sometimes we, like, there's an act like there's, you know, things that we believe, like labels, right? Like, it's super easy for me, like, for, for me to believe that I'm a, um, that I'm a forgetful person and that that's just part of who I am because, like, I label it myself, but other people label that as well. And so to believe, to know what the truth is, to know that I can, I'm a good steward of the things that God's put in my care, like, that's so hard to believe. Um, and I think, yeah, just that, that idea of, like, sometimes... Sometimes it takes a long time to be reminded of the truth. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just for the sake of those who might not have heard that, David's saying we need to give space to do exploring and understanding the truth of that. And sometimes we can be blinded by um, just not knowing. We need the spirit to show us. Or sometimes we put a label on us, us ourselves or other people put labels on us. And that can distort that as well. So, yeah, obviously I've given you a very simplified view. And with some people that I work with, this takes months and months and months to unpack because there's so many sticky thoughts there. And they need to want to be changed. Um, on the same day that I had that beautiful session with this young girl at 10, at 4 o'clock I had another lady that came and she was um, presenting her issues and she's actually not working or studying at the moment. She's just trying to um, deal with with the things that are happening in her head. And the whole attitude of that whole session was, um, I don't think you're actually going to be able to help me. This is too big. This is too hard. And it is big and it is hard, but our God is a God of the impossible. And I said to her, what I can offer you is we're going to take one sticky thought at a time and we're going to peel it off, this big sticky ball that's inside you, and we can state the lie bring it to the truth and transform that and it's going to be painful it's painful to take off sticky thoughts it's painful to change habits to change direction but there is hope for that and what happens is by the time you've peeled off three or four then big chunks start to peel off but she was actually um i think she was a little bit disappointed that i could help her i think she was actually comfortable because it was familiar, her pain was familiar and there was some sort of significance in it being too hard and too big for other people. And I actually didn't think she would come again. I mean, she paid, but I didn't think she would come again. Um, and then she's asked to come again um, at the end of next month. And it's like, okay, well, if God brings her to me, I'm gonna keep helping her see God's truth in, in that. So, and I think, David, what you were saying about labels was um, was really helpful and really really good as well. And Em and I were having a bit of a chat over uh, dinner on Wednesday and talking about how the fact that um, even though I grew up in a family that never said I love you and never hugged, I really wanted that for my, my family. And so um, my eldest Caleb wasn't really much of a hugger and I would have to help him hug his siblings and hug me and, and make him say I love you to me <laughs> um, and, and back just to, to develop that habit. And then Emily came along and she would say that to everybody and anybody. And then Sam came along and I actually had to help him um, not hug everybody to the extent that he would bowl them over um, because, you know, he's very exuberant in, in everything that he did. And it's just a beautiful thing to think I didn't have to be that way. I could choose to change. I'm an adult. I get to choose my path. So, 
Yeah, and as always, it's not a to-do. It's not a to-do list. I think it comes from a sense of love. When we love our Jesus, when we are so grateful for what he's done, it's a joy to make every part of our day pleasing to him. And that verse where it says, take every thought captive, um, it's one of my goals. One of my goals for so much yuck happens in my head, but I would love for more and more and more of my thoughts to be um, of truth, of beauty, of peace, of, of the things of God, because I love him and I want every part of me to please him. So, yeah, it don't, if you feel burdened, please don't, please, please look for love as the motivation for, for that and be transformed um, in your mind, um, in every part of who you are for him. Let me pray. Father God, thank you that you are kind and good. Thank you that you're coming so soon and we will get to see you face to face. Thank you that we know how the story ends. And so because of that, we can live um, with purpose and meaning and peace and great joy, even in the midst of valleys, because we know we will see you so soon. Help us to live well and love well and eat well and think well, all for you, Jesus. Amen. Enjoy your day.